Well, good morning. Sunday morning, the last Sunday in April, 2021, hallelujah. We've come through a season of, I'm not sure what to say it was or is, but <laughs> we've come through and we're going through, amen? We're, we're, we've come through and we're going through seasons with the Lord, hallelujah. But he said there'd be seasons of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. So no matter what season we're in, no matter what we might be facing or good or bad, we have refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Gary's been talking to us about that presence, about entering into worship and just... Being in His presence. As Pastor Dave told us, you know, worship is that presence gift. That presence anointing, I guess. Just bear with me for a minute. I've got all my notes here, my Bible, my phone, and I still don't know what we're going to do. But praise God. Hallelujah. I think, you know, I know he does this on purpose, and this is the prayer center, so we have an opportunity to really, we have a responsibility to really follow the Holy Ghost in this place. And from this pulpit, it seems as though there's a greater accountability and responsibility to really follow what the Lord is wanting to do and what He's saying and the direction that He's taking us. Because any of us who've been ministering for any period of time can go through notes and find things and preach things and, and do things that would be good. But see, God's training us, and not only is He training us as a body, but He's also training us as leaders and as, so that no matter what we're doing in the body, if we're standing up here, we're, we are an example of the training of the Holy Ghost. If you're in the, the pew, you're an example of being trained in, in the things of God. And so, whatever it is that God has us doing at this moment, we need to be yielded to the Spirit so that we're not just doing it out of our own will and our own desires, but we're being led of Him and fulfilling the things of the Spirit by the Spirit. So as I've been thinking about this morning, praying about what the Lord would have, a, have me to do, and I know the direction that He's had me in recently, and I feel like we're going to continue to be there, really talking about the things of the Spirit. And uh, I've been trying to put a better definition on it, and uh, I haven't got there yet, but I think I would call this life in the Spirit. Uh, not I don't know if that's the title of this message or not, but the things that I've been talking about and the direction I feel like the Lord is is taking me especially, I'm going to call it life in the Spirit. Because um, I believe one of the things that we're missing or that we're challenged in, in the body of Christ, and really uh, in the, the world in general, but of course we talk about the body of Christ because that's what uh, we are, that's who we are. We have this challenge of following the Spirit And then we have a challenge of following the Spirit by the Spirit. So, 
It's one thing to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And it's another thing to follow Him in the ways that He's leading us to follow Him. You can hear things by the Spirit. You can hear what the Spirit is saying. And then you can endeavor to complete those things in your own strength if we're not careful. So it's important that we hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, that we're led by the Spirit, but that we also fulfill those things according to the Spirit and not according to our own, our own desires or our own abilities. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm, I'm slowing down on purpose because there's a temptation sometimes when you... When you're behind the pulpit, to, you feel like you have to perform or you have to say something. Or you, <laughs> it's like these people are here to hear something. But you know, if it's not, if the Holy Spirit's not speaking, it really doesn't matter. So, I'm glad I'm home. I'm glad I'm with family this morning. Just <laughs> <laughs> I was reading recently something from that Brother Hagen had said years ago. He said it only takes one generation. I'm probably going to misquote this, but you'll get the essence of it. He was saying it only takes one generation to lose a move of the Holy Spirit. Then I believe also he said the Lord spoke to him and said if he didn't teach people about the move of the Spirit in this generation, the generation that he was teaching to, that move of the Spirit would be lost to that generation. I don't believe that we've lost the move of the Spirit. (laughs) I don't believe it's lost to this generation, but I do think that there's much of the church that has missed out on uh, much of what this Holy Spirit wants to do simply because we haven't learned how to yield ourselves over to Him beyond our own understanding and our own abilities and our own desires to where we're able to relinquish control and follow Him completely in every area. I'll give you an example in my life. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Ghost is helping me now. So, in In my life, I grew up in a home, in a Christian home. And I thank God, my family, my mother, my father, good Christian people and exceptional. And, I, and, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that's the way it, it really is. My mother, she has three sisters and four brothers. Three of those brothers ordained ministers in the, in the ministry. Her father was a missionary to the Indian nations of, in the United States. And so she grew up in Christianity. That's all she knew was the church. Now, they grew up in a denomination where the Word of God was very important. And in that particular denomination, which I didn't know this until later on, I thought maybe all Christians did this, but <laughs> it was quite unique to that denomination that at dinner time, after you eat supper, you read the Bible. And that was a family tradition. It was something that happened. And, the, and I just thought that was a nice thing that Christians did. But it was really a part of, it was very prominent in that denomination. And so we grew up hearing the Bible all the time. And my parents grew up knowing the Word of God. My, my father, 
knew more about the Old Testament stories and how to pronounce people's names and whose genealogy it was and all that than, than most men that I know today, even ministers. And so I had this very strong upbringing in Christianity. And they, both of my parents, had very strong upbringings in Christianity. And like I said, my, my mother's, my uncles, three of my uncles were ministers. Uh, one of them was a missionary to Puerto Rico. One of them was a missionary to Mexico. And the other had a church and a, a camp in Michigan and, and did a work for the gospel. It's wonderful. I can't say enough good about that. And I grew up with a reverence for God. I grew up with a reverence for His Word and for the things of God. It was always very important in our life. And the Word of God was, was the ultimate measuring stick. If you want to know if it was good or bad, you find it in the Word. But here's the problem with that. So, if you're going to be a minister, there's a path to become a minister. You go to school, you get your degree, you get ordained, they put you in a church, or they send you overseas, or they do whatever it is that they're going to do. And, the, and I'm not against that. I think that's wonderful that they do that. But here, I'm growing up. I didn't really have much desire for ministry. I didn't have much desire for those things so much as a, as a kid. And as a teenager, I kind of got away from all of that kind of stuff and just was wanting to hang out with my friends. But I still, still had a respect for the Word of God and for the truth that was in God's Word. At least, I thought I did. When God began to call me into the ministry, He didn't tell me to go to school. And so now, even though I have this great upbringing of Christianity and have these parents who know the Lord and love the Lord and and serve the Lord, they could not understand how a person could be called of God and not go to school to become a minister. And again, that's not the wrong thing to do. It's a good thing to do. My son Solomon is enrolled in Raymond Bible College. He's going to college next year. That's great. But that wasn't the direction that God had led me. And I began to tell my parents that I believe God's called me to preach. Oh, wonderful. But you're going to school at Spartan. I was going to an aeronautical school and electronics. Like, so what are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to finish school? Are you going to drop out and change schools? What, you know, how are you going to do that? I said, I don't know. I said, well, if you're called to preach, don't you think you ought to you know, go to school and get ready to preach if that's what you're called to do? I said, I don't know. I said, I want to pray about it. I'm going to see what the Lord says. And they said, well, that's good, but you said He called you to preach. And so, see... Many times, and this is not, this is one example, and I believe this is true throughout the church that we have our great experience with God, we have our great reverence for the Lord, we have a great understanding that we need to follow God, but then we have it figured out as to how that's to happen and what it should look like and how it should be in our life. And it's okay if God leads you that way. But when we do that, we, ha- we, we close off the doors to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So the one thing I didn't receive growing up, which I say this out of great respect for the upbringing I had because it was wonderful, but I did not hear, what is the Lord telling you to do? 
What is the Holy Spirit saying to do? How is God leading you today in the things that He has you to do? Uh, That was not a common phrase in our home. It wasn't a common phrase in our church. It wasn't a common phrase from our minister. I, I never heard anyone talk about what God was speaking to them. Except from the Word of God. And that's great because He does speak through the Word. But we have to remember that our walk with God is so personal and so intimate that He wants us to be able to to hear and feel and understand His heart and what He wants to accomplish in our life. And sometimes when God speaks to us, we have an idea that He's going to speak something and, and the end result is going to be success which it will be, but we build up success in our own mind as to what the end result of what God's asking us to do is going to look like. So for me, I think I was about 18 or 19 years old telling my parents that I was called to preach and they didn't know what to do with me. (laughs) You know, again, I say it out of respect, but in a way they kind of laughed at me because they're like, well, I mean, when are you going to do that? You know what I mean? Like, what, in 20 years? Or is it going to be in 10 years? Because I don't know, you know? And that was really the truth. I'm like, I, I don't know. I just know that I have this desire, this calling in, inside of me. And you know, I will say this about my parents. Over the years, they watched us follow the Holy Ghost. And they began to get hungry for those things of God. And they would ask me, my dad would say, what's the Lord saying to you? What's he talking to you about now? And I would tell him about Africa and those things. And he'd say, well, well, and, and, and I would get frustrated about certain things. And he would say, well, have you asked the Lord about it? So I know that it's available to every believer, but we have to be open to the move of the Spirit. And I realize these are very simple things, but it's important for where we're going because even in this church, even in the things that we've learned here in the walk of the Spirit, the walk of power, we can put up little walls and build little rooms and say, this is where God moves and this is what God does and this is how He does it. But then God wants to come in and kick the wall down and say, let me move how I want to move in your midst so that I can reach the people I want to reach. So I can do what I want to do. And you know, there may come a day, I'm not going to say it's going to get crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. God is going to manifest the way He wants to. But we have to be willing to let Him move how He wants to move without judgment and saying, how can that be God? Now, I understand we have... Some boundaries, right? We realize when people, we don't just let things go crazy, but at the same time, we let the Holy Spirit move and do what He wants. I've heard many times in my life, when I first came to Oklahoma, like I said, we grew up in denominational churches, first came to Oklahoma, the first church, we first time we came here, we came from Michigan, and Michigan, you know, we knew maybe three different denominations. We didn't know there were 5,000 different ones and one on every corner. We didn't know that. And we came here, and we just wanted a nice church to go to. And we started going and visiting different churches and we found out that there's a lot of different ideas out there. And I remember the first church we went to that was a Pentecostal church and it was a big church in Oklahoma City and it was a bit crazy. You know, the pastor kicked his foot. They, just that was enough to make us think there's something crazy going on. And then someone jumped up and ran in front of my mother and, and she's screaming and they think it's the Holy Ghost and she's just scared to death because we had no idea what was happening. And you know, and, and again, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that things have to go crazy in order for God to be moving. 
I don't even know because I was a little kid. I don't know if God was moving in that service. It may have just been people excited. I don't know. But I do know that we have to be willing to get outside of this box that we often put Christianity in. We often, in our, maybe not Christianity as a whole, but for Hans, this is what it means to follow God. This is how God speaks to me. This is how He leads me. This is what He says to me. And if I'm not careful, I can miss out on a move of the Spirit because God wants to, to do so much more than what we've been able to receive. And see, I believe that the human spirit has a capacity that we have not even begun to tap into. And so our limitations oftentimes is that we don't understand how the Holy Ghost leads us or speaks to us or directs us because it's beyond our understanding. It's beyond our carnal, natural mind, and it's a a thing of the Spirit, And so as born-again Christians, like I I was giving my family as an example, and I could go into all of my uncles who were great and and served the Lord and, and had the ministry and all those things, but there was not a great intimacy with the Holy Spirit and a move of the Spirit. Now, my uncles are in heaven today, thank God. Some of them are still here on the earth, but <laughs> those that went on, they went to heaven. And the people in my family are going to heaven. And, and I have no greater testimony than that. That's awesome. And yet, now, here's another generation. We get to go further into God than the last generation. We should always be endeavoring to go to the next place of the Spirit from the last place of the Spirit. A lot of people talk about getting back to the book of Acts, but the book of Acts was to be the beginning. And we should be, be using that as a springboard to jump into the deep end and get into the deeper things of God and understand the deeper things of the Spirit so that we can flow with Him and be, be led by Him, and be brought into power that the earth hasn't seen before. It's available to us. It's a desire that is greater, a desire that God has as greater than any desire that we have to see it. But in order to do this, we have to be able to get out of our natural thinking and into the thoughts of the Spirit. So I want to go to our text this morning. I'm almost through the introduction. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I think I'm going to read this entire passage. Not quite the whole chapter, but almost. Probably stop a couple of times through it, but we're going to read 1 through 14. It says, I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world, that come to naught. 
But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now, this is a very famous scripture. It's one that people love to quote. I love to quote it, or I love to hear it, I should say. Uh, it is it's beautiful, right? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. And it's poetic, it's romantic, it's just awesome. We're like, wow, God loves us so much. But at the same time, it says here, it gives the idea that we can never know what God has prepared for us. Because... It hasn't entered into our heart. But then he, he goes on and says, But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So these things that God has for us, the things that eye hasn't seen, the things that ear haven't heard, things that haven't entered into the heart of man, they've been revealed unto us by His Spirit. So we can know what God has prepared for us. We can know the things that He has for us who love Him. We can understand those things. Although it is wonderful to think about the fathomless of His love and of His goodness and of all the things that He has for us. And, and even though we can't instruct Him, we don't know more than He knows, yet at the same time, He has revealed to us the things that He has in mind. Verse 12 says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So he says the natural man cannot know the things of the Spirit. So I believe this is the conundrum, this is the, the difficulty that we face in our walk with God, is that the natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit. He cannot know the things of the Spirit. And we've learned all of our life, even myself, being, having a great upbringing in Christianity, yet I learned to do things based on my natural mind. 
I learned how to do things based on what was the best decision for my life according to what was written in the, not exactly like this, but in a way what's written in the book for your denomination, right? And oftentimes as Christians, why do we do that? Well, because it it gives us safety. It gives us something easy, something that we can uh, wrap our head around. It still gives us control over our life. Right? So as long as it lines up with my doctrine, and it lines up with my theology, it lines up with the denomination that I go to, then these are good things. And it gives us that boundary, and it helps us in our life, but what it also does is it gives us control over how we're going to live our lives. And what God wants is for us to let go of those boundaries, let go of the boundary of the natural man and say, okay, Lord, I realize I can't understand the things of the spirit with my natural man and with my natural mind. So I'm going to ask you, how would you have me do this? In my case, it, it did cause some conflicts with my family. I tell my mom that the Lord called me to Africa and I, he spoke to me about going to Africa and she started saying, well, When are you hearing these things? Is it like when you're falling asleep at night or right when you wake up or is it maybe you had something to eat that you shouldn't have ate or, you know, she she began to question these things because this was new. These are things that people who have been born again 40, 50 years live for God and yet they don't understand the things of the Spirit because they're still living based on their natural mind and their control that they can have over their life and the decisions that they make. Because it's scary to think that someone else is going to tell you what you need to do. Then to think that, how do you know it's going to be okay? How do you know it's going to work out? How are you going to get to Africa? What do you, how are you going to get the money to go there? How are you going to know that you're safe when you're there? Who are you going to meet when you get there? You know, all of these things begin to come up because you didn't follow the denominational rule that says this is how you do it and this is how you make your context and this is how you do things. How is it going to work out? Well, see, this is the place that God has put us, I believe. And I know uh, every person's going to have a different perspective, but at the prayer center, it's like we are a trailblazer in the fact that God gave us a mandate to press in, right? Press into God, to pull out the miraculous, to see a revival that... Again, I know I'm not quoting these things properly, but you get the, we have a mandate to go into revival, to see a revival in a religious city, to see a move of God that's never been seen on the face of the earth. And the blueprint that we have, we got from the Holy Ghost. We don't have a denomination. We don't have a board. We don't have a, a group of people that decides how we're going to do this. They decide it, but they decide it by the Spirit, not based on some recommendation from the natural mind. But we go to the Holy Ghost and we say, what's the next step, Lord? And sometimes we have to wait a long time before we receive that. And you begin to wonder, is it ever going to happen? And how is it ever going to work? And if we do it that way, how, are, how is it going to end? up. But when we're willing to lay down our own natural ways, our own natural thoughts and say, okay, Lord, if that's what you're saying to do, I'm doing it. And you know, it doesn't matter. Like Gary has taught us about soldiers, we receive the instructions from the Lord. And and that's, that is all our responsibility is, is to hear and to obey. 
I don't know how it's going to work out. I hope it's going to be good. And you know, I used to think that every time that God told me to do something, if it didn't turn out right, I must have missed God. But you know, sometimes God is looking for our obedience. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to put you in bad situations. But sometimes the end result is not what you were looking for. There's been many times in my life that I've done everything I know to do to follow God in a situation and it didn't turn out the way that I had expected it to turn out and in in my estimation was failure. And sometimes look back and, and feel as though I had failed only for God to encourage me to say, listen, because of this, I can now teach you this. And there's oftentimes God will go through great lengths because He's not poor, He's not broke, He's not worried about time. God has these things. He's patient. He's long-suffering. And He's not concerned about you wasting time spending hours praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, He's not concerned about you wasting time spending years working at a particular job that He asked you to work at that doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. He's not worried about that because He's training and teaching you along the way. He's, he's the best trainer we could possibly have. He's, the, he's not only a teacher, but He's a trainer. And I believe that this is why when, when Paul said here, he said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And you know, I don't believe that that is reserved just for those who stand behind the pulpit, but in everyday life, there ought to be a demonstration of the Spirit within you. A demonstration of God's power within you. Before I ever got behind the pulpit, I did the best I knew how to do to follow the Holy Ghost in the little things of life. I worked at McDonald's and I would pray in tongues as I was folding up the, the sandwiches to put them down the chute. And I, and I would tell my friends about Jesus and I would ask the Holy Spirit to lead me and, and, and teach me. And He would lead me in the most mundane things that didn't make any sense to anybody else. But He was showing me that He's training me even in the place that I don't want to be at that moment. Even in the mundane things of daily life. And I believe that if we will do this, And again, I know this is very elementary, but I believe he's emphasizing this because of where we're going. We have to have that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in order to see the full manifestation of what he wants to do in our lives. And if we'll get back to the place that in everyday life, we're seeking him and saying, Holy Ghost, lead me today on my job. You know, lead me as I clean my house. Lead me as I'm driving to school today. Lead me in my daily walk. I believe God wants to show up with demonstration and power. You know, we've been talking a lot about people that just go out and pray for people. And maybe you're doing it for show or out of... uh, duty, whatever the reason might be, but I believe there's coming a time that if we will make ourselves available, the Holy Ghost will begin to lead us. And then we're going to see things that we haven't seen before. Because there's a big difference when the Holy Spirit leads you to pray for the woman in the wheelchair at Walmart and when you just walk up and try to drag her out of the chair. There's a big difference when you say, Holy Ghost, what would you have me do today? And he just says, tell her that I love her. Or maybe he just says, give her $10. 
Maybe, maybe he doesn't even have you say the name of Jesus to that person. And in my natural mind, maybe I feel like I have to tell her about Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is purposely teaching us that we have to follow him. And he has a purpose and a reason for the things that he has us do. And we can accomplish far more with one word than we ever could have done with our great eloquent speech, our great eloquent prayer that we have uh, already predetermined for those situations. And I believe we're in that time now where it's become necessary. And it's always been necessary, but there's an emphasis on hearing the Holy Ghost and being led by His Spirit. There are things, I'm not going to tell you all the things that they are, but there's things in my life right now that I've done out of custom, out of responsibility, out of um, whatever word you want to use for that, uh, what I believed was right, and I did it because I believed I needed to do it. But it became something that... I felt guilty not doing it. And the Holy Spirit would say, I don't want you to do that right now. I'm like, but God, wait, what do you mean? (laughs) I'll give you an example. And I, I don't like to use this example because people can go the wrong way with it. But when it comes to giving, there's a big emphasis about, you know, if you give, God's going to bless you. When I was younger, I would give my tithe and then I'd give double my tithe because I want to make sure that I get more money than that back. I would get to the point where I would give, give enough money that it would be the tithe on what I believe I wanted to make every week or whatever it might be. And I got to, and, and none of those things I don't think are wrong. And giving is definitely not wrong. We should be givers. But there came a time when the Lord said, I don't want you to give. And because I was facing a situation and I was needing the blessing of the Lord on it. And he said, you're not going to give in order to get my blessing. I'm going to show you that I'm going to bless you because I love you. I'm going to bless you because you're obeying me. And you know, it did something to me. It, it made an adjustment in my spirit. I didn't realize that I was giving in order to receive a blessing from the Lord. I just thought I was doing it because I like to give. And, and I do like to give and you should give. But what happens is, once again, we begin to build this little formula. Say, okay, I've been giving. And now we start our list of righteousness, right? Lord, I've been giving. I've been coming to church every week. I've been praying this many hours. I've been doing all these things. So I know that you're going to bless me. No. No. We have to learn... To walk by the Spirit and say, Lord, I thank you for loving me. I thank you that I am the loved of the Lord. That's who I am. Just because I'm your child, you love me. You bless me. You help me. And I'm going to follow you the best that I know how to follow you. Now, I'm going to give because I'm your child. I'm going to, I'm going to obey you because that's what you've called me to do. But I'm doing it by the Spirit. Lord, I want to know how would you have me do it? What would you have me to give? What would you have me to do? And yes, there's times when we determine in our hearts how we're going to follow the Lord. But we should always have first place that, Lord, if you have something different, if you have a different way to do this, if you have a particular uh, direction, I'm open to it. 
I may have it all written down here. God, I'm following you. This is what you said. But I'm going to follow you like this. Because at any time, you can take that away from me. At any time, you can change it. At any time, you can tell me the direction you want me to go. Doesn't mean that I don't make a plan. It doesn't mean that I don't follow you with my whole heart. But within it, I want to follow the Spirit by the Spirit. And not by the flesh. Well, I don't want to start out in the Spirit and end up in the flesh. You know, like Paul was warning the Galatians, you know, they, they're starting out following Christ and they're going back under the law and under the ideas, the ways of the flesh. And we don't want that. We don't want to build a law out of following the Holy Spirit. We want to be yielded to His move and to His ways. Oftentimes, in Christianity, we want things to have decency and order because it's what the Bible tells us. It is what the Bible tells us, but sometimes we want that just because we want control and we want to be sure that we're not offending people. And and we shouldn't be offending people, but you know what I mean. Oftentimes we want to uh, put a a limit on how we're going to do our services. We'll do it from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. We'll have two songs and we'll preach for 15 minutes and, you know, we'll have our dismissal. And uh, even that is not necessarily wrong until God wants to do something different. This is why our faith cannot be in man's wisdom, but in the power of God. And although I grew up with the Word of God, and I grew up with an understanding of who Jesus is, and I thank God over and over again for that. I'm eternally grateful. I didn't ever really understand the power of God. I knew His Word was true. I didn't always take the time to get to know what it said, but I knew that whatever it did say was true. I believed that. But Paul says our faith should be not in man's wisdom, but in the power of God. So we have a responsibility when we're sharing Jesus with the world that we're not just giving words, we're not just talking about maybe making a decision, or whatever. But that they can see something different in our life and something that they can put their faith in. Pastor Dave used to say, they're watching you. And you know, he'd talk about some people who would fly apart like a cheap clock under pressure and under certain, certain circumstances. But he says, they're watching you and they're hoping that you don't crack. They're hoping. They might be making fun of you. They might be ridiculing you. They might be, they look as though they're wishing you would go away, but they're really watching. They want to see, is there something there? And I believe today more than ever, the world is crying out for something real. The world is hurting. And they're tired of Christianity 
in the sense of words, man's wisdom. And it's time they need, we need, we have to have the power of God to make a difference, to bring in those who've been burnt over, those who've been wounded, those who've been mistreated and mishandled. And God's calling us into a walk of His Spirit like we've never seen before. He's calling us to lay down our lives and lay down our own ambitions and our own goals and desires of the flesh that we might see a manifestation of His Spirit in our everyday walk. He's calling us as a body and He's calling us as individuals. He's calling us as a body to manifest His presence and manifest the glory of God in such a way that this city sees a revival that it's never seen before. And He's calling us as individuals to manifest His presence in our everyday life, whether it be in our family or with our friends or at our workplace or wherever it might be. And in order to do this, there's an accountability that's been put upon each one of us because we've heard over and over and over again the things that we are to do. I feel this rather strongly as though I could prophesy it, but he's saying that... I, I'm, I want to get the phrase properly because um, he's so full of love. I know he's not meaning it in any uh, condemnation, but it's a call. I feel today a call to accountability, a call to um, commitment that we are willing to say, Lord, yes. I will. I will lay down my life. I will give up my um, control. I will say, Lord, you have complete and total control of my life. Holy Spirit, I will follow what you say. I'll go where you say to go. I'll do what you say to do. And I know we're all familiar with that type of prayer. And we've, we've probably said it many times in our life. But I just sense the Holy Spirit right now gently calling us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, sir. Right now, there's no music playing. I'm not asking for any music to be playing. I'm asking each one of us from that secret place in your own heart. Let's go before the Lord. Surrender. Allow Him to open up. This is not a witch hunt. But there are things that God is dealing with individuals right now. There's things that He's asked you to lay down. And so right now, I'm not going to ask anyone to raise their hand. I'm not going to call anyone out. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just going to ask you right where you are. Lay down the things that the Holy Ghost is asking you to lay down today. Let's surrender our lives to Him. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, minister to your people right now. 
Yes, sir. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Okay. Hmm. There's a healing. There's a healing wave coming in right now. If you need a healing in your body, just receive it. Just receive a healing from the Holy Ghost. Just receive that healing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Holy Ghost. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He's touching, he's touching individuals. Just, he just wants to minister. He wants to minister to you. This is something different than a, a, physical, a physical healing or a physical infirmment. This is not a physical infirmity. This is more of an emotional a stronghold. There's someone in here you've gone through. Uh, it's been really difficult for you to let go it's been difficult for you to let go of the control in making decisions in your life. There's been ways that you've done things, and the, and the Lord has been dealing with you about this. He's like, no, uh, I want you to listen to me. I want you to, to handle this a little differently. And you've tried to, and you've wanted to, and you've desired it, and, and yet there's always been this struggle that you've gone through, especially recently, and, and the Lord is, is touching you right now. And there's a grace to let go of that and receive from Him that grace right now. Receive that grace. Receive that grace to, to let go, to have that broken in your life. And yeah, I, I didn't go into great detail on it, but I believe you know who you are. Ah, and God just wants to say, there it is, freedom, freedom, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you for your freedom, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, just open up your hearts right now. Open your heart up to the Holy Ghost. He's ministering by His Spirit. Thank you for your peace, Lord. Thank you for your peace, Jesus. Peace that passes all understanding. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that peace. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for speaking to us today, Holy Spirit. So before we close this morning, I just want to, I want to lead you in a prayer of consecration. Believe that that's what he's looking for. 
from us today is just to be committed once again to a move of His Spirit individually and corporately and to be committed to following His leadership. So if you would just just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank You for the Holy Spirit. Thank You for filling me up. Thank You for filling me fresh and new today. Lord, I repent for every time I desire to do things in my own flesh. Sorry. I turn away from the natural man. And I turn to Your Spirit now, Lord. And I ask Your Holy Spirit, help me to follow that inner witness. Help me to follow the Spirit within me. And I commit this day, Lord, to doing things Your way. I give up control of my life. And I say, Holy Spirit, have control. Have your way. I'll follow where you lead. I'll say what you want me to say. And I'll do what you want me to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us into revival. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we just give you all glory, all honor, and all praise for everything that you've done in this place today, for all that you're getting ready to do. Lord, I thank you for these people that they put up with me this morning and allowed me to just share the best I know how from my heart today, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, as uh, Alan gets up to minister today, that your spirit will be upon him. And we'll receive from you, Father God, and you'll have your way in this place. We say, Lord, with confidence that the glory of God, your glory fills the prayer center. Every service, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. We thank you, Father, that the maimed are made whole in this place. And Lord, for everything, Everything that you're doing in each one of our lives, Lord, we're so grateful, we're so thankful, we'll be so careful to give you glory, to give you honor, to give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I love you guys. I kind of feel like um, I've been run through the ringer this morning. I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? The Lord said to me this morning, He said, it's family day. And I'm so grateful that I can be here with family and, and be able to just, you know, follow the Lord the best I can. And I want to tell you guys uh, one quick thing, those that might know and you might not know, but my oldest son, that he was here at the prayer center when I started. Andrew just came back from Kuwait so he's back at home. He came home this week and uh, God's protected him. So it's awesome. All right. You guys are dismissed. We'll see you at 10 o'clock. <laughs>